Thanks so much for downloading the Nightcap podcast. We appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod. And now you can become a proud member of the Nightcap podcast tribe. Along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests, we've created some bespoke Nightcap podcast clothing, which you can get online now. We've teamed up with our friends at T-Mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes, colours and fits for both men and women. Yeah, we chose T-Mill for several reasons. They make these clothes with 100% natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment. They use the sun and wind to power the production of these products, plus they will send you your order in packaging made from plants not plastics and the best thing is they look great and they feel great you can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here yeah it's as simple as this go to thenightcap.tmill.com that's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your nightcap podcast merch now Hello and welcome to The Nightcap. It's Wednesday the 16th of August. Myself and Paul, as always, sat upstairs at Salt having a coffee. How you doing, mate? You okay? All right, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very quiet here because you're shut at the moment. It is. Um, yeah, nothing is very, very quiet apart from children banging around downstairs. Yeah, yeah. How, you got? Is it two weeks? Uh, the, two, weeks two weeks, yeah. Sure. We reopen. Everyone's back on the 30th for yeah. like a prep day and we reopen on the 31st. Yeah, so nice. with days off and stuff, it works out just over two weeks. So yeah, yeah, it's nice for everyone. But yeah, I've, I've got a lot on drawing. I'm yeah, yeah. sort of getting the, we're not, the book's 99% now. We're just doing all tweaks. So it's like reading it again and again and again. And my, my eyes are just numb to it now. It must be because it's one of those things you can't fast track as well. Because yeah. like if you're in a rush to do something, you might skim read things, but the the, the idea of proofreading and checking is that you take your time, you're not distracted. So it's frustrating, a long process. It, it is. And I'm not a proofreader. Yeah. You know, I paid a proofreader for good reason because my grammar and spelling <laughs> is appalling. Um, but there's certain things I can spot that maybe they wouldn't because it's my interpretation of how something should be done. And you wouldn't necessarily notice it if you're looking for spelling and grammar. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, something I mean, in the method or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot to be said for like, uh, I mean, proofreading is different if there's like spelling mistakes but like you you don't want to lose your tone of voice because that yeah. actually makes it unique to you the book it'd be easy to you could chat GBT your recipes if you wanted <laughs> yeah. to do you know because they should be your recipes but they'd just be written in a certain way but yeah. part of the uniqueness of a book is it that sounds like you taught or you can imagine you saying it sort of thing you know yeah I mean? and I think that comes across in all the books because yeah. I've like written them I've not had a ghostwriter yeah yeah I want it to sound like me and not like an an expert writer doing it but so yeah. still have that connection really for anyone that follows paul on social he put a couple of pictures up of the uh the the artwork in the book mm. um and it looked yeah, it amazing yes yeah we were just saying before that all the pasta and stuff just look it's so photogenic and the colors of you know the red of the tomatoes and all this it just pops on the so page many textures doesn't it? in the yeah. photos as well yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah no michelle's done a brilliant job with that yeah looks great so what what's the do you have like a definite date Friday, last friday Fuck. was and then i was there was more that needed doing and obviously i was away with a kid so it was a bit difficult so we we pushed it back to this friday yeah. um 
yeah and the proofread tester she's just going through some last bits Excellent. but yeah friday it'll be it'll be sent off and then there's nothing you can do yeah, about yeah. anything so are you going to do like a little launch somewhere like you did with the last one well, you did a joint sure, one with tony really. didn't you we did yeah i mean tony did a joint yeah. port launch um and that was handy because that was where he worked at the time and both our books were coming out so we've got the room for free i've got loads of yeah. booze sponsored and me and him paid for some food yeah so it wasn't sort of expensive i was thinking about it and it would just be such a big expense to put on. Yeah, it would, yeah. And, you know, if you get press or anyone there, they'd expect a free book as well. Um, but, like, just hiring a room and the food and cost yeah, yeah. and you've got to give some sort of drink. Especially in and amongst all the stuff going on with grass-fed and, like, it's a long, it's just a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's, more, it's more the financial, really, because there's yeah. not much margin in the book. So, like, do I need to? So, I was thinking about ways. We were going to do it with the meat book here, but because it was delayed, we had to cancel them. So, I think what we might do is mini launches up here in yeah. the cookery school. Um, so, where we'll do, say, maybe 10 people as a little master. They pay a fee, they get a book included, yeah. and we'll demonstrate some dishes. Oh, that's cool. Do yeah. some pasta. They can get some bits to taste. So, it's like a master class and you get a book. Great idea. So, we might do a few of them as like mini launches, really. Yeah, That's a banging idea, that. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really good. Yeah, People lap that up. Unless anybody wants to um, <laughs> give me their restaurant for free with food provided and some drinks. <laughs> yeah. I was about and to we'll do a big launch. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I was about to say we would do a barbecue around mine, but... Uh, Probably doesn't have the same. It's, yeah, and it's going to be November. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Shit idea. <laughs> uh, well, it feels it feels at the least, even though it's really busy with grass fed and everything, that you're sort of on the bell curve on the other side, coming back down now a little bit. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's just like little bits and bobs and yeah stuff. Really, I've got a lot to do over these two weeks. I'm down in grass grass fed Thursday. Yeah. I'm filming James Martin Friday. Excellent. Then I'm That'd back grass fed Saturday, Sunday, and then. Yeah, I've got the kids again from Monday and I've got a few bits on. And then we're Big Festival next week. Yeah, big Festival, that's next week. Yeah. How and quick then does that come around? I'm at Wingfest on the Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, ju- got- judging Wingfest. Yeah. Are you, are you judging the steak? Oh, that's Awards? September. That's yeah, September. Yeah, just so, a couple yeah. of weeks on now. I'm judging the World Steak Championships in, <laughs> in Amsterdam. That is... That just sounds like an Alan Partridge like <laughs> idea. Do you know what I mean? Like, it how does. about the state world state championships in Amsterdam? Like, yeah. We'll put it in the red light district. It, it literally, <laughs> monkey tennis. Like, yeah, 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 it's exactly. like that, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, your life. That is amazing. That, yeah, that's we, incredible. We come through the PR. She was like, "Would you be interested?" And it's like, "Yeah, absolutely." <laughs> just straight off because it sounds fucking wicked. Yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what's involved in the judging. Oh, I'll get all I the information. Wait to hear all about that one. Uh, and then from obviously a PR marketing perspective, it ties in with grass fed in a sense and sort of, yeah. not that you need validation, it kind of validates that that in that respect. Oh, it does, yeah, um, yeah, massively, yeah. Yeah, so I was just like, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. Back I've in. never been to Amsterdam, so yeah. free little trip. Mate, winning, absolutely winning there. Uh, we've got a few bits and bobs coming up on today's episode, including top fives later on. Um wanted to start with a thing that I saw on on TikTok the other day, actually. I don't know how long ago the interview was, but it was Marco Pierre White, and he was doing a little Q&A with, a, with an audience. They're like one of those like almost student union-y sort of mm. things. You know, they invite a guest speaker and loads of students turn up. Yeah. And uh, so it's quite a young audience. And someone in the crowd asked him about what was the best meal he'd ever had, like the classic generic, mm-hmm. you know, question. And he went on, not a rant, but he went on a little bit of a sort of a, what's the word? a passionate like example of how he believes that the food on the plate is the third most important thing in a restaurant. Okay. And he said that the most important thing is the people you are with. 
Yeah. And then second is the service before yeah. you even get to how good the food tastes. Because yeah. he said, even if it was the best food in the world, taste-wise, if you were with company you didn't want to be with or the service was poor, you would forget about it the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, we all have things that are important to us. Mm. But I, I mean, I wrote about it in the Salt book and I'd asked chefs, I know I've spoken about this before on the pod, but as chefs, you know, like Daniel Clifford and Tim Allen and John Freeman and loads of other guys in the book, what their favorite meal was. It didn't have to be three-star fancy. Yeah. And it was what the meal and experience meant to you. Yeah, now, yeah. if you're just on a business lunch where you don't really yeah. know the people and they're a bit dull, you're not going to enjoy the food it's as so much. Yeah, so Even true. if you're at Franson or French Laundry or whatever, you're going to... Love yeah. it, but it's not going to be as good. Yeah. You're not with your people. Yeah, that's so true. The people is so, so important. Yeah. The restaurant, the service, your situation. There's so many factors that go into a great meal. Like, I think I've said before to you on this, like, I think how, you know, I've been out for lunches, like lovely restaurants that aren't too far from here and not enjoyed it as much, not because of what they've done, but because I'm like, Right, I've got over there and I'm on. I'm watching the clock because I've got to pick the kids up from school because yeah. it's a Monday or a Tuesday and you're watching, you're watching and then you're getting a bit anxious and, mm. you watch, and you're not enjoying your experience because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not, not present, you're not yeah. fully in it. Yeah, yeah. So true. many factors go into it before the food. And as chefs, you can easily think, you know, get your ego in the way and like the food's the most important. Yeah. But it, it's not. That was what was... Maybe not shocking about this because, you know, it's not too heavy a subject, but, you know, Marco Pierre White in the public eye is seen as this slightly egotistical, larger than life character. So it was quite, you know, to hear him be like, it's not the food on the plate, it's everything else around it. That's mm. why I train my staff a certain way. You know, you've got to create this experience. So I thought it was quite profound coming from him that. And also, I think the, the best sort of the litmus test for it is the opposite way to, to prove that that's right is to flip it on its head. How how mem how much more memorable an evening would you have if you had the best company, the best service, and average food? Mm. That is probably a far more memorable night than yeah. great food with awful service and awful. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's like look at, look at it like this: you go around a dinner party at your friend's house, best friends. You're not seeing each other for ages. You have a few yeah. drinks. You're having a wicked night, and they're not a very good cook. Yeah, you've had a wicked night. Yeah, so true. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you go round and like I don't know, you fall out with your friend a bit, and <laughs> you know it's a bit frosty. Yeah. The food's incredible. Yeah, which is the better night? So true. It's not until you actually think about it like that that you realise how important all that other stuff is. So much more. It's all about the experience and the journey. And again, like sort of sometimes. I know I've said this before, but I can't reiterate it or not. Sometimes, if a customer is in a certain state of mind or something's happened on that journey or that day. Sometimes there's nothing we can do. Yeah. We do everything we can. When you win a guest round, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they come in through the door and they're an arsehole and, you know, they kind of realise that and then they let the guard down and they have an amazing experience. It's the, that's the best. Yeah, You've, it's all won them round. But sometimes you just can't. Yeah, you know, and you the just know, yeah. The amount of times I've been watching at the past here and a couple, you're like, just, they're not getting on and then the food's sort of coming back and you're like, you're, at first you're like, what's, what's up with that? What's up with that? Yeah. And they're like, no, they said it was fine fine's not a great word and you're getting yeah. what's up with the food and then you just look at them they're frosty they're arguing and then you know when it comes to the last meal the wife or the husband just goes and leaves them wow, and yeah. the last course sorry just gone yeah. and you know oh they've been arguing all the way through the meal 
there's, there's not a lot you can do. Yeah, you can't just be a mediator and a therapist. And, <laughs> and you want to go, just checking it. Wasn't the food, was it? <laughs> it, was, it was nothing to do with me. I was yeah, just, just yeah. yeah. So true. It's absolutely true. And that, but then it made me, it made me think. And and this isn't like an accusatory thing, but I thought, okay, well, bearing all of that in mind, Michelin, they publicly say the stars are awarded purely on what is on the plate. Mm. And, and, that, and that, I believe that is true. It must be so hard for these guys to come in, try food and block out their day. Yeah. Because that will be having an impact on them and they'll be doing it relentlessly. Mm. So it must be really hard to separate the two because as we've just established, how, the, your frame of mind and things might affect your enjoyment of that meal. So then when you maybe, you know, you go to a few places in a week and then you, ju- you sort of write, you've written a few notes down retrospectively, you can't, can't really remember bits. Mm. It must be really hard to yeah. judge it purely on the food. Yeah, with Michelin, I, I believe them that it is, but yeah. there's a lot of unconscious sort of influence yeah. that comes into it that so true. you know that you've got to try and block out or be aware of and even little things like you know your experience might be the same but completely different to them like you might have not been out to eat in a nice restaurant for a year yeah and there's this beautiful i don't know beautiful aged piece of fucking wagyu that's blown your mind mm-hmm. that might be their fifth one this month yeah that's so true yeah, S- yeah. so they're, they're having the same thing and it tastes just as incredible and they'll appreciate that and obviously they're, they're well skilled and know their stuff but mm. your mind is blown more yeah so your experience is yeah up here so it's like it's like net I don't know where I'm going with this, but like net experience, if you know what I mean. You've both had the same experience, but your net experience has more value. Yeah, absolutely. It's like if Christmas Day was every Saturday. Yeah. It'd lose its... Once a year, we're like, everyone's buzzing, kids are loving it. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same if it was every week. Ah, man. Big, big topic that. But yeah, I thought it was fascinating coming from Marco. It is. And and profound. And it's always always been said, and I don't think I really... I kind of got it, but not until I was owner of a restaurant and not just a chef that you know if you go to a restaurant and the food's bad but the service is amazing and they make you feel amazing mm. you'll go back but if the food's amazing and the service is terrible and they're rude you'd never go back yeah so true Do you know yeah that's, and you know i've done that myself that is so true and it's also it's not an excuse either to let standards slip on the food side no by focusing oh, no. on the priority it means you have to work harder know, if it, anything if anything it's almost like the 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 sealer because if you're going right they are they're with their best friends they're having a great night mm. the service is amazing if we nail this food blow yeah. their minds we're world class, it will be, it will yeah. stay yeah that will stay with them forever if that that third component seals that deal mm. then we've sort of won so that it sort of drives that perfection even more probably because it's like the third and final pole do you exactly I mean? and world class restaurants of which there are a few mm. nail every part of that and don't just you know, focus yeah. on the food or the service or they, they nail every Separate single bit. part and make it a unique experience for that guest. And that's why they're the world's best. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Um, wanted to move on a little bit to suppliers because I was chatting to one of Haley's, Haley's uncle. He used to work in hospitality. He's retired now, but he worked mm. in hospitality for years in hotels, uh, sort of nice hotels, um, and had a lot of experience of dealing with loads of suppliers, obviously loads of staff, you know, hotels, another, you know, another level to just a restaurant. And um, he was saying that he once got in a, there was a bit of a pickle years and years ago because of a supplier 
uh, a customer basically accused them of something on the menu that wasn't from where they said it, it was from. Yeah. And they said, well, our supplier said it was. Mm. Then when they went to the supplier, the supplier couldn't prove that it um. was from that place. And it suddenly made me think that there's a lot of trust involved with your suppliers because they come to you, unlike you going to them. So, like, what? how do you always 100% know when they turn up with their... Thing that it is from the place they say it's from. How do you actually but there's, there's know? There's a lot of factors. Trust is the main one. Yeah. You have to trust them and build a relationship. Yeah. Sometimes, obviously, products come in with, say, if they're a middleman, they'll come in with a, a certain label on or something, oh, okay. so you know. Um, more often than not, they don't. If we're buying, like, we're, we're buying whole raw products we're not buying manufactured stuff so you know again it does come down to trust my relationships with obviously johnny the fish and oh, aubrey yeah. allen for instance yeah, yeah um have been for years so i i just know yeah. um and the certain products i just know anyway i'll tell you straight away that is not from that farm mm-hmm. like just looking at the raw ingredient i just you just know yes yeah, sure. and then you'll ask the question and i've called Companies on it before when they're trying to bullshit you. Yeah. Um, and what do they say when you? Do um, they, do they depends who you get to. Like Johnny or Aubrey, for instance, I've never had to call them on it because they're just, you know, they're on it. I, I can't think of exact examples. I just know sure. I have. Yeah. And you might get someone on the phone who's just um, like telly sales. Oh, there is a veg supplier actually, and I know. Um, <laughs> I won't mention their name, but yeah. it was Yorkshire rhubarb, and I always used a Tomlinson rhubarb, mm-hmm. um, and I got the rhubarb. I was like. For one, like we always ask for it in the box, so it comes Tomlinson on it, yeah. stapled shirt, and you just know his rhubarb when you look at it. Wow, there's probably only a couple that look like that yeah, in yeah. the country. So did it come and in? It the comes box? in a crate. Ah, right. Um, but even if it if it was his stuff that come in a crate, I'd know. Yeah. But then it come in a crate. It's like I phoned him up, like you're bullshitting me. This is not it. Yeah. This is something else. This is like imported dirt. It's old. It's cracking. It's dry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it is. It is. So I, I'd. Sent. I don't know Robert Tomlinson, but mm. I sent a picture to him. Wow. Um, Is this yours? <laughs> via social media, because yeah. like we follow each other, and like, obviously I've always like pushed his stuff on social. Yeah. And I, no, I never said, "Is this yours?" I was like, "This company are trying to pass this off as yours," and I know it's not yours. And then wow. here's the message them saying it, and he was obviously fuming. He was like, oh, "He knows his rhubarb." He was like, "This is this breed. This is this type. Um, it's not mine at all." I was like. I'm well aware it's not yours and I'm not using it, but yeah. they keep telling me that's, it is. It They're is. selling your product as this shit. And that, but that, and that's amazing. That, but I would, I'd potentially argue that you have an expert eye there because you're a Michelin star chef. Yeah, and I know my products that I'm getting from yeah. the door. But that probably says to me that they've done that with other places and gotten away with it. Yeah. So the other places would just. Some places don't even check. Yeah. Some places might think this is a bit odd phone, and they go, "No, no, it is," and they'll take that. Yeah. But I won't accept it if I know I'm right or not accept it. And again, this isn't against like agency chefs, but say like a nice-ish pub down the road has got an agency chef in for two weeks because their main chef is on holiday, mm. and that rhubarb turns up. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. They don't want the hassle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this shit happens. Yeah, there's a lot. Do. I guarantee there are a lot of restaurants, pubs, sec- anywhere in the sector. Like a lot that are serving stuff that is not what they say it is. I yeah. guarantee it. There must it. be. Yeah. yeah. And that might not always, 
not that they, they should be more on top of it, but they might have a slightly more less less trained eye, and yeah. it's their suppliers that are doing them over, and they don't even realise, and they wouldn't question it for faff or for yeah. whatever. So it's a, it. It wasn't until I was speaking to him that I realised, God, there is actually a lot more trust in it than it than you yeah. think, because they come to you and drop it off, and they're like, yeah. "Okay, thanks." Uh, I've got no proof, but there fine. is. Um, Hopefully, and I, I have. I think it was a boiling point. I spoke about this on the podcast um, when I was at Mallory. I'd been there about three or four months, and trading standards came in and mm. were just grilling me. And I fell out with a guy, and I ended up being like pretty rude to him and telling him to get the fuck out of the kitchen <laughs> and stuff like. Because he was really doing my head in, um, and it was during lunch. I was busy, and he was just he was a proper jobs worth yeah. like. You know, you can imagine, no disrespect to him, you can imagine trading standards would need to be a bit yeah. like, you know, yeah, yeah, straight yeah. down the line. Yeah, black and um, white. And he was, the, the, the issue wasn't mine. So I took over, I think it was the end of February and they'd advertised a Valentine's um, menu. I don't think, it's something so simple, I don't think they'd put a sample. So they'd advertise uh, Valentine's and then there was changes on the day. You know, yeah. we know these things are always subject to change. Yeah, of course. You know, and they always used fresh products as well. So sometimes availability isn't there. So mm-hmm. the menu on the night was different, not vastly different yeah. to what was advertised. Yeah. Somebody complained to trading standards, like, not bad. Um, <laughs> and then they'd come out and they were like, I explained, I was like, look, I don't know. I'm not going to comment on it. Because they were quizzing me. I had to sit down with them in the lounge, quizzing me on yeah. you know, why it was different. So I don't know. I yeah. wasn't here and I'm not accountable. Sure. But all I can say is, you know, I stand by my products. And then he come in, he was going through the menu in my way while I was on the source section trying to cook lunch service. And I was like, oh, you need God. to move. Yeah. Like, you need to get out of my way. I'll answer your questions, but just get out of the way. And he had his back up. And he's like, so Guzanar, how do you know it? I was like, I know, I just know, I know it is but you need to prove it. I thought, well, I'm sure it'll say on the invoice why you need to prove it. So I, I know, because <laughs> yeah. I'd had people try and send me Goosenard up before and you just know it yeah. smells a certain way and everything. Yeah, Goosenard wow. looks a certain way and massive breasts. I just know <laughs> what it is. Um, just clip that. I'll just clip that. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was other stuff as well. Um, and we kept, kept going backwards and forwards and there was a certain pork. How do you know it's that? It's like it said on the invoice. Um, and I wasn't just going to say, well, it says on the invoice, so I'm happy. It's like, it says on the invoice, so I'm covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still, I know. I've been to the farm. Yeah, you know, exactly, I, yeah. You know, I know my products. And I was a bit, I was probably a little bit arrogant about like, why are you questioning me? Like, but, but because I put so much effort into my provenance. Of course, yeah. I like, go and see someone wanker down the road who doesn't have a clue where the stuff's from and writes yeah. anything they want. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, just yeah. kept quizzing and quizzing and quizzing. And wow. then the end was when I really lost my shit. He was like... Because, yeah, oh, that was it. He'd come into summer. So right. it was a few months after this. Yeah. Uh, English strawberries, how do you know they're English? Do you remember? Yeah. I was like, follow me. Where are we going? <laughs> follow me. <laughs> Pointed to the garden. It's like, what are those growing there? <laughs> Thank you. Could not be more English. Now leave me alone. Oh, I'll wow. speak to you later. Fuck me, honestly. <laughs> you, got, you get why they have to be so black and white about things. I but get doing it in that tone and that sort of like, I know better than you manner is just... Yeah, you know, just... Uh, you know, grating. Like, I understand why you got to be there, but yeah. don't be a knobhead about it because I'm just going to get my back up. Yeah. And on my priority is these customers for lunch. Of course. Not you. Yeah, exactly. Fucking yeah. hell. That's Come a bit in. unannounced. It's like the, in Boiling Point, isn't it? The, the TV series, the, yeah. well, the Netflix show or what, BBC show. That's oh. happening, isn't it? He's being invigilated while to certain it's like just yeah. get out the fucking way yeah. like this you are not my priority right now like, yeah 
I can infuriate him, man. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, what else we got going on? Shall we? Oh, we've got a little bit of correspondence. Then we'll do some uh, top fives. Lovely. Uh, I've got a message from Andrew who said, uh, "Hi guys, I only really started listening this year, but five through almost all of the episodes already. The latest one with Paul's encounter with the vegans reminded me. <laughs> that was only last week, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Reminded me of one I had to deal with." Uh, previously, we had a group of six in one evening, three of them being vegan. On the specials that night, we had a rosé veal dish. Mm. I got an angry email the next morning from one of them. The obvious words like disgusting and disgraceful were used. The person in question didn't know about how British veal was produced and still thought it was done the old way. I then proceeded to explain in saying it was more often an offshoot of the dairy industry, but made the mistake of finishing my email with the line, you wouldn't want to drink the milk from a male cow. (laughs) Brilliant. Didn't go down well. The most annoying thing about the whole situation was they were that arrogant and were drinking wine, which wasn't. Which wasn't. All night. Which is amazing. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that typifies Dom, does, the fact it? that they got a strongly word email the next day. They, yeah. they, they're not even, they haven't even got the bollocks to just ask the question. Hiding behind emails. Yeah. yeah. Ask the question. You can have the answer explained and then all and be, is resolved. And you could be nice about it. Yeah. Like, oh, excuse me. How do you do the veal here? Yeah. Like, just, where's it from? I've or heard it? this. Is that the yeah. case? Yeah. And then you can have an explanation. And then everyone has a great night. They've gone home angry. They've yeah. not slept. They've woke up hangry. <laughs> And then on an email, like they would not get a positive response from me like that. Oh God, no, I know that. You know, (laughs) I know that. (laughs) But again, more ignorance, like veals. People still do it now. They moan about veal, but Mm. like like some meat eaters wouldn't touch veal because it's a baby. It's, you know, a year old. Oh, but you're eating bacon. That's six months old. Yeah. yeah. You're eating chicken that's six weeks old. It was almost a comedian's joke, wasn't it? Of like, um, I'm here all night. Try the veal. Yeah. You know, that sort of like, uh, as if like, it was an ironic thing of, like, yeah. I'm a shit comedian, therefore you should have veal because it's like shit. So it's almost like a colloquial thing of like veal is, yeah. you know, awful and it's unethical and all these sorts yeah, of and things. Yeah, and that has been that. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's yeah, a hangover. It's just, yeah, people need to, if they if they want to get angry about it, get your facts right. Yeah, get your facts right first. 100%. Love that. Thanks so much, Andrew. Send your messages to us at the nightcap underscore pod, all the usual places Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, should we do some top fives? Yes. Uh, me this week. Yeah. You sent me the task of doing my top five TV cooking shows. Yes, I'm interested. Yeah, no, it's really this. It's, you may realise that a lot of these, it is like linked to nostalgia. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not loads of recent shows on there. <laughs> it's lots of things that is like when I was younger or coming, it will remind me of family or do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but no, it's great. And it was also like... Little things of you know sit, checking online like when it first aired and stuff, and we're like, oh fuck, that's older. Or, yeah. or they didn't do as many episodes as I thought. Or do you know what I mean? It's yeah, just amazing. Some stuff. of them felt like an institution, I bet. And then yeah, so God, that was exactly one of these. I was like, there was only like twenty episodes ever. Oh, and really? I was like, what? No, there must have been loads. Okay, so we've got several honourable mentions. We won't dwell on them for for too long, but I've got several actually. So uh, maybe maybe surprising, but honourable mention, MasterChef. Yeah. So not in the top five. Mm-hmm. I can't really explain why. Like it is that is an institution. It's one of the most famous UK British shows ever. Well, right? yeah, and it's gone. They've changed it loads yeah. since Grossman yeah. was on it and everything. Uh, yeah. They added the professionals, which is brilliant. Yeah. I probably prefer, personally I prefer that one or yeah. have done. Um, but I don't know. There's there's something about the format that I've grown a little tired of. 
Yeah. Uh, and I don't know what it is because it's still, I think, getting the viewings. It's still going year in, year out. It's still one of the biggest shows, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's still, maybe it's because it's slightly less about the food and I'm a bit of a foodie and a bit more about the reality TV show bit. Yeah. And that's not a knock on it because that that is really exciting and fun. But for me, I'm, a little, sells, bit, yeah. I'm a little bit bored of that. Fair um, enough. But that's a personal thing. So that's why it's not in the top five. Um, Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah, that is. I mean, that is very little to do with food. It's the English business. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah the English the, the one. one. The old, the old one from like the so mid two thousand. It's so such good. an underrated show. Yeah, and it was. I mean, it was a bit about the food. So you like designed the menu, and that was always an exciting bit when you designed the menu and you saw these chefs' eyes light up of like, or there was like a a young chef in the kitchen that like barely did anything, and straight mm. away Ramsey like goes right, you're fucking shit. You are gonna be, and this guy's like yeah. what? Yeah. Uh, but then it was also the business side, and it was actually it was really authentically done. Like and Ramsey, Ramsey was in there with him on yeah. the stove. Yeah, he was. Yeah, it yeah. was proper. Like you've got some of them didn't realise they got one of the best chefs ever produced in the UK yeah. in their little kitchen with them like how amazing that yeah, is and they so didn't even true. care no they didn't yeah so true and that always baffled me is how how close minded some of the people were that he was helping out yeah and then he would get them you know doing new things and they would on that night go oh fucking hell you're so right and then he'd come back two days later and they've reverted back already yeah. they can't change their spots mm. like it's yeah. It was unbelievable, but a great, sh- really good show. And so uh, good. obviously they Loved made the American it. one, which was never the same. And no. it's Hollywood version, wasn't it? No, it does like- crack me up how like, in, in, this is from the sort of the people's perspective in the restaurants, how like halfway through they have brand new kitchen and makeover and they're shocked. It's like, yeah. you've watched this. Yeah, yeah. This happens every episode. <laughs> yeah. And you're like crying and shocked in this shiny kitchen. It's like, you it, knew you were getting this. It was like that's that. what you applied. What was that massive show in America where they like move that bus and the bus would move out the way and reveal their new house? Oh yeah, uh, it was. Like, it was more that. Yeah, the one in America, wasn't it? It was more about the the makeover the, the rather makeover than the business and the, and, the, and the menu. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but a great, I do I do love some of his put downs in it. Yeah. Though. He oh, kills them in America. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, and the memes that we've got out of it. <laughs> I think my favorite ever is about uh, he's got the. The bread either side of their head. Oh, idiot sandwich one. Idiot yeah. sandwich yeah. one. That's great. And the one where he's like, um, the beef is so undercooked, it's trying to eat the salad. That, yeah. is, that always cracks me up. But if you look back at the English ones, some of them were like, fuck, that's like what he said. He's like, some woman, one that sticks in my mind was running around and panicking. He's like, why are you running around like Shrek in a dress? Yeah. <laughs> it's like savage. It's so, <laughs> it's so savage. <laughs> Uh, he fucking loved it. Though. Oh, he, brilliant! He, he and fair play to him because, like, there's very. Few, I think we've talked about this on a previous episode, haven't we? But it's like Ramsey's one of the few people that is like one of the most famous chefs in the world. But in the Venn diagram, is also an elite level chef. Yeah, it's like often it doesn't come hand in hand. Like some of the best chefs in the world aren't famous, mm-hmm. or some of the biggest TV chefs aren't actually that great. Yeah, whereas he is actually in the middle. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and that is a unique spot to be. It really, is, to have yeah. everyone's respect still within the industry and yeah. be a TV celebrity. Yeah, and I think that's why everything he does is kind of vindicated through like you know having yeah. free mission stars and yeah. building up quality restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. So that's yeah honorable mention. Last one. And I don't know, I could have put this in the top five really, but maybe it was just like recency bias was playing in my head, so I didn't put it in. But I've gone for Stanley Tucci's Searching for Italy. Oh, show. yeah. Just because he's such such a charming guy. It's Love just that show. proper comfort watching, like you immerse in it. You feel like it's half a travel documentary and half a foodie show. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, he's cracking jokes. He's making friends. His voiceover bits are really funny. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's Italian food. So you're, you're salivating throughout. Uh, yeah. Just great. great and he, yeah. He's a cool, cool guy. Cool guy. What yeah. I love about that is how it just, it's the modern version of your, your Rick Steins and Keith yeah. Floyd's that yeah. travel and everything. It's just, it's a little bit cooler, but it nostalgic to yeah. me absolutely from growing up watching them yeah 100% love the show and again like we've harped on about it but like authenticity because he genuinely loves food he's got the Italian mm. heritage but he's not just some celebrity that said yes to doing a TV show like he's got he, you can imagine he was involved in I want to do this why it works he's yeah. not just a face yeah. going around presenting it exactly yeah, yeah. 100% so they're, they're my honorable mentions um, now number five um is a lot trashier than the Stanley Tucci show. <laughs> I think you'll understand why I put it in there. So number five, I'm going for the Great British Bake Off. Oh, okay. I've not really watched a lot of that. It's been going for 13 years. 2010 it was its first one. Wow. It's mental when you think like, if Paul Hollywood says like in his late 50s, so he was like 42 when it started. Oh, wow. And it, you know, he wasn't known for anything before that, as no. far as I'm aware. No, no. Obviously, he's done well since. Absolutely, and and it's quite it's sort of a bit of a charming tale in a, in a in a sense from like a production side because that very first series was Mel and Sue. Obviously, they did yeah. it for several years. Um, it was uh, Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood, uh-huh. but they weren't household names at that point. No, they they were TV chefs. They yeah. had books, but they weren't like I wouldn't say they were superstars. No, no. But Mary they, Berry was respected and yeah. lovely books and things, but Absolutely. not like but she wasn't on like, like a Delia level. No, no, or anything like that. But no. but it, I mean, it was an organic rise that show. It yeah, I imagine never, it was low budget the first one, really low really, budget. And and I think part of the charm is even though it's obviously higher budget and they they've sort of tinkered around the edges, but it's still a marquee in a still field. In a, yeah, still in a tent. Know. Yeah, and I think that's probably why it's had so much success, not just in this country but in America. Yeah, because of that twee English thing the uh-huh. britishness of it and it's it's just got that it's had that charm to it it's also one of those things that it was in that venn diagram of things in all every member of our family would sit down to watch together uh, okay. like mum and dad and my sister we'd all like it and all watch yeah. that and then it's just a it was just comforting and the time of year it was on like over that halloweeny stretch it was like cozy tuesday night it was just a little uh, thing to look forward to okay then also like during lockdown it came back on and it was sort of you were just looking for any reason to like do anything or have fun <laughs> in any way. Yeah. Well if we if it was like pastry week, me and Haley would make sure we made pastries that week. Oh, and nice. like it was just nice fun thing. Yeah. And it just had a com- very comforting element to it. And I think it's incredible, you know, from 2010 to where it is now. Mm. It's one of the biggest exports the BBC have had and then now Channel 4 ever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, huge. Unbelievable how big it is in America. Mm. They've done celebrity versions where they've had like, you know, massive Hollywood stars come over and <laughs> take part in it. Like, yeah, who have they had? I've seen uh, David some. Schwimmer, Ross yeah. and Friends came over. Yeah, even doing more, a bit of bacon. Some some bigger ones than that, I can't think of the top of my head, but just because they're all like, yeah, we watch it with our kids on Netflix in America. Like, could you imagine like amazing. how... Just pitching that beforehand. Yeah. Like, I always think of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, right, we're going to do a baking show and we'll get some big celebs to come in and bake cakes and pastries. Like, yeah. who's greenlighting that? Exactly. It's like, well, what's the twist? No, there isn't one. We just, you know, Paul Hollywood would come around, he'll try it. And if he really likes it, he'll yeah. give him a handshake. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So what's the prize money? No, there isn't. You just get a bouquet of flowers at the end. Is that what it is at yeah. the end of it? Bouquet of flowers. And a little, um, what do they call it? Like a little plinthy thing that you put a cake yeah. on. Cake uh, stand. Yeah. 
What's that? Uh, I mean, obviously they do well out of it off the yeah. back of it, but there's no actual direct no. prize for it. No, I didn't just know the that. Kudos of... I've only ever watched Bits and Bobs. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. So it's pretty uh, it's very unique and yeah. I think it deserved, that's why it felt like I deserved to get in there and I think they get a little bit of that naughty British humour in yeah, as well yeah. Americans love that classic double entendres constantly yeah you know, soggy bottoms all that sort of stuff so. yeah oh, great. And, and even uh, even when I was, oh, there's a meme that's come from it or a gift that with Russell Brand and he was like uh, how he, I think it was like flour and he's like I weighed that gram perfectly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just exactly. through knowledge of, yeah. like, just through experience yeah that's <laughs> oh, so good so so good so yeah that's number, number five Great British Bake Off number four another Great British going Great British Menu oh cool yeah, yeah. very linked to nostalgia for me like those first few series mm. you know it was a really unique TV show at the time because it was elite level chefs cooking, and 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 that was our introduction to people we didn't know. No, it wasn't. It was chefs that are, were, you know, like like your your Atul, your Sat, and yeah. all the and Marcus Ware, and these guys that were yeah. cooking at an elite level, but weren't in the public eye. No, exactly. So that that yeah. was what was unique about it at the time. Yeah. These guys just yeah. were there. They were respected and known in the industry, but not to the public because you had your Ainsleys and things like that. And and I think it had that edge because they weren't, even though they weren't, some of them weren't household names, but very well respected. They weren't just cooking down the lens for the viewer at home. They were going head to head. Yeah. That was that was breakthrough at the time. Like, it was, it was yeah, feet, head like, to head. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And like people, like Anthony Warrell Thompson was on the first series. Yeah. And he got shown up for not being the same level as these guys. He was known. Yeah, absolutely. Like burnt his oxtail or something like that yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. So series one was 2006. Uh, was so it? So that's it'll be seventeen years yeah. since the first series. Yeah. Um I've got it here, just this first series, but yeah, it was it was just head so it was still the regions. Yes. It was just two chefs from each one head to head. Yeah, and that was that's it. That's right. So uh southwest of England. Do, do you want any guesses or shall I just run southwest. through? Southwest. Yeah, oh. southwest of England. Uh, two two good names. One was a I'd say one was a household name at the time ish, T V chef, bit older. Uh, and the other was Mark Hicks. Unknown. Was he southwest or southeast? Was he on it? No, he wasn't was on he it. The series year. after. He was. I've only got series one in front of me. But oh, he wasn't okay. On this one, um, southwest. I can't remember. John Burton Rice. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. And he lost. Yeah. To Michael Keynes. Yeah, he was Michael Keynes. Ever. Yeah. No one would have known who Michael Keynes was no, publicly. Again, industry famous, but not. Yeah. 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 Funny, isn't it? Uh, we'll quickly do these because it's fun. Uh, Midlands. Was I can get this? I think oh, it was Midlands and East of England. So they coupled it all as one big area. I'm, so oh, okay. a huge area. So was that uh, Anthony Warren Thompson? Yeah, yeah. Anthony Warren, and he lost two. Um, Golton Blackstone. Correct. Yes. Very good, mate. That's really good. Yeah, Golton. Yeah. But all big names here. Now this. Ah, oh, this is great. North of England. Oh, it's just north. It wasn't yeah, north, north, west, or east. No. So it was Marcus Waring and yep. Simon Rimmer. Correct. Yeah. Very good. And yeah, Marcus Waring won. Yeah. Beat Simon Rimmer there. Uh, Northern Ireland. There's Northern, one. There's one obvious one um, here who's been in basically all the series, including now as like a master judge or whatever they call them. Oh, uh, Northern Ireland. Yeah. Who was it? Was Richard Corrigan on yep. the one? Yeah. Richard, Richard Corrigan. Corrigan. He won and he beat. Any ideas? Um, Lesser known name, I yeah, say. Yeah, I can't remember who he beat. I'll give it to you. Paul Rankin. Of course he did, yeah. yeah. So that was Northern Ireland. Three more. So Scotland. Um, 
two names here. Not massive, but... I can't yeah. remember Scotland. I'll go, I'll go for it. Uh, Nick Nairn. Yeah, Nick won, Nairn, of course. And beat Tom Lewis. Yeah. There. Yeah, I remember Nick Nairn winning. Wales, two stalwarts. Bryn Wales. Williams. Yeah, he beat... Which I went to his restaurant recently, actually. Yeah. Very good. Very Odette. Um, he beat who? Who did he beat? Another stalwart of Wales, you know. Yeah. Why is Why can't I think of this? Is she... she she the most famous Welsh chef, maybe? You're gonna have to give it me. My head's no, I'm not. Blank. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. You know, oh, she most probably the most, Wales is most famous chef. I'd say. Why is my mind gone blank? Everyone's gonna be like, <laughs> she turns smart. up as a master judge all the time now. Still, oh yeah, of course, fucking Angela. Angela, aren't they? I, 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 yeah, I always forget Welsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so last one, uh, south east of England. I know this one. Yeah. So this was. At all. Yeah, who beat... Gary Rhodes. Gary Rhodes, yeah. yeah. But amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that was the first series. Yeah, I, I did better than I thought that, that. But that was even before, like, so Sat must have come in series Sat two or three. the year or... after, I yeah. think, series two, and it was against Golton. Yeah. And he beat wow. Golton. Amazing. Yeah, and then Mark Hicks was in it, because the final of that was Hicks, I think, maybe Corrigan and Sat and... Yeah. Yeah. Just lastly, on that first series, the starter, Richard Corrigan won for a smoked salmon Smoke dish. Salmon. Yeah. yeah. Well done. Marcus Warens was the egg custard tart. Yeah. Fucking hell, uh, man. This is great knowledge. Bryn Williams did... Yeah. Did he do the main? Or no, he did the fish. He did the fish. Do you remember what it was? Oh, it sounds amazing. I can't remember. It's pan-fried turbot with cockles and oxtail. That was it, yeah. And then the mains. The mains. The, the mains was Scotland. Yeah. It was Nick Nern. Because this was for the Queen, wasn't it, this? It was. It was incredible. So this was the birthday meal for the Queen, 300 people, including the Queen. Wow. Is, I mean, that what a first series that is. Like, yeah. that's as prestigious as it gets, really. Yeah. Especially, like, because some of them towards the end were like, oh, a thousand people for Disney. Or, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, this is like fucking Buckingham Palace of the fucking yeah, Queen. Like, this is amazing. Levels. Um, um, it was, yeah, Nick Nern, loin of roe venison with rosty celeriac cabbage carrot. And game gravy. That's it. Yeah. But yeah, amazing. What a show! And well, I watched that avidly. It's like, become it's become an, it's become an institution, hasn't it? And yeah. obviously, it's changed. But I think it had to change. And it wasn't a knock on it, but there was an element of where is this going now? Mm. And I think that they've done well to get some new judges in. And also, then it was like the cream of the crop going head to head. Now it is a little bit more of the up and coming chefs. That's uh, how it's, yeah. That's how it's changed yeah, a bit. Yeah. Not every single one of them, but a lot more it's up and coming no, or they, newer or... They do have some randoms that some randoms. probably, in my opinion, shouldn't be on it. Sure. But they have some fantastic chefs. Like, yeah. you look at what, like, you know, Spencer's done, Tom Shepard. Just no, to name no, a couple. Keating even no, only, Keating even... He was only on it two years ago. Only had two stars at the time. Yeah. yeah so it's amazing. Like, it still got, attracts prestigious people. But I think the gap of standard is much bigger. Yeah. Whereas it was more streamlined before. Now there's brilliant chefs and some that yeah. aren't anywhere near as experienced. Yeah. One thing that has got better over time though is the uh the sort of gadgets and gizmos around the dishes <laughs> yeah I mean, some of them are mental but some of them are pretty like wow that'd be fucking cool if that came out to me yeah right. yeah yeah but like we did well like we established at the beginning of the episode with marco you know is yeah. it the is yeah it the if it's done before? right yeah. i have no problem with any of that stuff at all if yeah. it has a purpose or it's done right or you just got to back fun, it up haven't you exactly and the yeah. food still has to be great yeah. you can't dress it up yeah absolutely Okay, so that's number four. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, oh, we've taken ages over these, but I love it. So number three, this is a bit more of a personal one, but you might turn your nose up at this. Not in a horrible way. Yeah. Jamie at home. Oh, okay. no, I get it. I get it. I've watched watch Bits them? and Bobs, yeah. yeah. And it's a nice show, well produced, well put together, yeah, very, very 
nice looking. Yeah. I, it wouldn't be mine, but I'd get it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like 16, 17, 18 when, mm. when that show came out and I was starting to really get into food. Uh, Before okay. that age, I had zero interest and just ate beige food really. And then yeah. I don't, little things in life happened and I was just like really latching on to wanting to cook and learn more about it. Yeah. And it was that classic accessibility. He was a bit younger. He wasn't like trying to, be he didn't look he wasn't an ego he didn't have much of an ego i didn't think jamie did when he was on the, no, the show like no. he, he'd had a he'd have a laugh the whole naked chef thing and stuff but i think he was actually quite a humble guy yeah do you know what i mean like i know i don't think he wasn't he was a tv chef and he was aware of it he wasn't like i'm the best chef yeah you never no claimed, no never no i fully agree never, never claimed to be. be and he'd never he'd never even been a head chef in his life no, no. um i think with, with jamie and that's why i think it probably makes sense and he's different to you than me what what he's he's never really done anything to inspire yeah. chefs in the industry no, no, as no, such no, but no, what he's not. done for home cooks is brilliant yeah, you know incredible. he's in the whole naked chef was about stripping everything off and making it more approachable and simple yeah which is great for home cooks you yeah. know there was a lot of complicated mm-hmm. you know fancy stuff out at the time that but he bought it to the mainstream absolutely and ingredients and techniques that you wouldn't have done at home so i think what he's done for home cooks is fantastic 100 percent, i couldn't agree more and this show epitomizes that for me because it was accessible but it looked tasty like you said the production values were amazing it was a beautiful house in the country that they he was is that like, where he had like the clay oven outside as yeah. well and yeah, cooked yeah. inside sometimes yeah, yeah. exactly so it was, it was just charming to watch because like sometimes you have it'd be the pizza oven outside yes. or a barbecue outside or there'd be like a main kitchen inside or like a conservatory style kitchen do you know what i mean mm. it was like all it was great and it was only two series was that uh, all it was? Yeah, 12 episodes in each series. Oh. And each episode was a is what was centered around one ingredient. Oh, was it? Which was oh, really okay. cool. So like episode one, series one was tomatoes. Yeah. And that was it. You know, it was like, it did a classic, he did from a classic soup to something a bit more fancy, but, but he championed these. And that, that was the thing is he talked mm. so passionately about the ingredients and yeah, it was accessible, but it was really ingredient-led. Yeah. Because he wasn't pureeing shit. He wasn't doing... He was just like, get these tomatoes. They're from this place. They're Get them. Don't buy them in January. You know, he was like... He was properly... So a real good message in yeah. that sense. Yeah. yeah, it really was. Oh, nice. So that's in there for me. Cool. Uh, number two. Chef's Table. Oh, yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Like, just champion documentary making that is. Like, not even just for food. Oh, like, that is like a... You know, universities that are teaching how to make documentaries and storytelling. Like, this Mm. is just as good. It's it's elite level. And it's really behind the scenes, getting to see the intricacies of the actual restaurant, not just the food and operations and the mind of a chef. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's as much about the story of the person behind the food. Mm. And it sounds cliche, but I really believe that all those things taste better when you know about the story behind it and the people behind it. Because it's, yeah. why why are they doing this? Yeah. Why do they care? What, do, they what drives them? So it probably lifts the lid on the stories of these people. And some of these people they found, you know, you're just like, what the fuck? Do you, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, who are they? Who are they? And then by the end, you're like, wow. Yeah, you're like, hooked and you want to go. How did they find this story yeah. of this guy in Argentina or this guy in Sweden or... It wasn't just like people you knew every time. Um, yeah, beautiful cinematography. Yeah, oh, it's got to be the most the beautifully shot fantastic. food show ever. Oh yeah, I think that's safe to yeah. say that. And like the music, like Vivaldi's music, the classical music throughout of it, and all <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff. You just you're pumped, aren't you? Yeah. You're just like, oh my god, this is 
just beautiful. Um, series one, episode one was Massimo Vittori. Yeah, I remember like chef-wise, chefs were so excited. I, mean, right. I was working at Mallory at the time and we were like... It's 2016, that first episode, so seven years ago. Oh, was it? Yeah. Shit, yeah. Yeah, early. It must have been early. Yeah, it must have been, yeah. So I remember um, I'd lad... Leon, Joey, we used Sorry, to Sorry, 15, I got that wrong. Oh, 15, 15, I thought yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, I was at Mallory and we were like counting down. We'd seen just these little giveaways without, you know, trailers now just give yeah. too much shit away. Yeah. Just these little subtle shots and it was like massive over to I'm like, fuck, this yeah. guy's a legend in our industry. I think he'd just become number one in the world yeah. when it was released. They probably couldn't believe their luck, but it was like, oh my God, we're going to see how he does the, the yeah. inside drop the it, it just get and- to like, see who he is yeah. and you because you didn't hear from these guys yeah. but I remember Joey came around my house on the Sunday night the night it come out and we just sat oh. and watched it wow like, that's yeah. so nice yeah we just sat there like and we just like fuck yeah. it's amazing it is you're and right. I think they back then they released it episode by episode it wasn't just a big yeah. drop yeah so it was like shit yeah next one next week absolutely like, and it was like must see wasn't it because like like you say it wasn't just Massimo in his restaurant doing his tart and stuff but it was him with his wife in, yeah, you know, or, or going to meet suppliers or with his dad or, do you know what I mean? Like, it was mm. all this, it was like, whoa. It was like unprecedented access to these yeah. massive chefs. And obviously they did the French Laundry, they did loads of others over the coming series. They've done the pizza spin-off, which was brilliant. They did yeah. a French special the barbecue. series. The barbecue, yeah. Yeah, we did, we did the street food. The street food we yeah, spoke about is, on here one yeah, episode, yeah. yeah. Favacan we did as one yes, of an episode, because we, we love that one. But yeah, just amazing. Nice. Just like... You just, you even people that don't like food, I'd say you'd love watching this show. Yeah. Because it's as much about the story and the cinematography as it is the actual food. Uh, exactly, yeah. 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 Nice. So that, that's number two. It's number two. What's number one then? Yeah. Well, this is a, this is, so this is silly really because it's, <laughs> it's not. No, but to you, like, to me, for it is. Certain so reason. it's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's right. But it is not. Chef's table, table is maybe the best ever. But mine is River Cottage. Oh, it's lovely. Number one. What, yeah, what a great. Oh, program it though. was it was literally my favorite like, similar to the jamie thing it was it, it was like it was i was learning while watching it and it was started in 2000 mm. first series i was 11 years old and the premise actually was really similar to anyone that's watched clarkson's farm it was yeah. really similar that the premise of series one is hugh finley Workingstall lives in central london he's going to move to devon and try and be self-sufficient mm. with no knowledge yeah so he was a journalist, you know, sort of journalist and sort of working in and around food and things. Mm. And it was him authentically, like proper dodgy camera, trying to show how he was going to live off the land without any knowledge of it. Yeah. It was raw. Those yeah. first few series were raw. That's what makes it so attractive. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. And what it, again, the journey of what that then turned into, River yeah. Cottage as a place, it wasn't just his house, but it became an events venue. It became a restaurant. It had a deli in Axminster. The amount of books. I bought one books. of his books yesterday in a charity shop. Yeah. No way. Yeah. Which one? It's the main one. I've never had it. I just saw uh, it. Like, I know. It's blue and cream yeah. on the front cover. It was like um, two and a half quid. Just at home or River Cottage at home or something? It was yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Because it's, it's a legendary one. I've never had it. Yeah. I was with the kids, always buying books yeah. from charity shops. And then I just saw it. I was like, oh, I love that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I think I've got his, Hugh Fellingwitzel's books is probably what I've got the most of. Yeah. Because uh, nice it was accessible. You, you know, he, he was authentically passionate about it. Again, it was really ingredient-led. Mm. You know, his series were, he had loads of different series. They were all called different things. There was River Cottage Gone Fishing, where it was just fish and it was produce. But he was going and, meeting the suppliers and then cooking with them. Mm. You know, sometimes it was travel, you know, he was going around the country. Sometimes it was just in River Cottage. 
it was centered around spring, it was centered around autumn, so it was seasonal. And again, it was sort of like, it was really cozy and fun to watch because, you know, he was talking about autumnal dishes, but he was in River Cottage in yeah. October and it was shitty yeah. outside. And you know what I mean? It was you, tangible. You could really feel the sense of occasion with it all. Yeah. Um, and then I went I went there. Oh, did it, you? Yeah. yeah. I went, I've been there twice, actually. Uh, I've never been. Yeah, I went there with a couple of friends. It was like, so it, shows, it sounds sad, but like, I think my 20th birthday present from my parents was tick, <laughs> was like a table at River Cottage. Uh, so I went nice. down with a couple of mates. Yeah. And, you know, you were in the actual house he cooks in and you... And and the chef, you go with the chefs to pick stuff out of the garden, and then go back in and cook it and stuff. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, just so, I learned so much through that through that series. And it great if it's just great comfort to me now. If if an episode was on TV, or I'd just sit there just in, such easy watching. Yeah, yeah, so easy watching. What a lovely name! It's so English, like River Cottage. River Cottage. Yeah, that just straight away is like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Gonna sit down and get a warm cup of tea. Exactly. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. So I know how twee that one is, but yeah, two thousand to two thousand and five, uh, two thousand and twelve. So twelve series. Wow. Did one every single year through through that stint. Yeah. It's impressive. Um, really impressive. And yeah, you watch that first series compared to the difference 12 years later. Mm. It's a, it's like a little mini empire river cottage by the end. Yeah. But it's organically grown in that time. Mm. And it's, you know, and he, he turns his hand to farming throughout it and, you know, really shows you how difficult yeah. it is as well to be self-sufficient. And, and it's a nice, I suppose, a message of like, you know, that, that time, 2000, 2012, everything gets so modern and, yeah. you know, it's, you know, we all know the way processed food's gone and convenience food and people's lives being so busy. It's this alternate message of pulling back people back into 100%. seasonality and what people really harp on about now, he was doing before yeah. so many other people. So true. The, the last series, 2012, was a bit, it was probably a little bit of a last ditch attempt to stay relevant, to be honest. It was, yeah. it was getting celebrities to come down to show them where their food really comes from. That was the premise oh, okay. of the last one. Um, but they weren't, I mean, was, the celebrities were like Robert Webb from Michelin Webb. And oh, okay. It was not like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, someone who came fifth on The Apprentice. You know, yeah. It was like proper, they were, but it was showing that, and they were all like, oh my God, you know, and they're like skinning a rabbit. And so it was getting them, but they were doing real shit. Mm. And you're right, some of that is just as relevant now because we're so Absolutely. distanced from it with the, super, with the supermarket. Yeah. Just so. a message you have to keep. Yeah, keep saying it's yeah. sort sort of a timeless message, really. Mm. But um, but yeah, I thought it was groundbreaking at the time. I absolutely loved it. So River Cottage number one, nice. number five, Great British Bake Off. Number four, Great British Menu. Number three, uh, Jamie at Home. Number two, Chef's Table. Number one, River Cottage. Nice, that is good the, list, mate. That's the, a solid list, definitive list. I wasn't sure when I was thinking earlier. I wonder what I'll have. Would he have any like Keith Floydy, or would you? Have, were you past yeah, that? I was your yeah. agent. That's what I mean. Because I was a little bit past it, but I. I watched it on catch up a lot. Yeah. So I was too young for it, I suppose. But Rick Stein, I loved it now. I was just really interested to see which way you went with it. Rick Stein as well. Like I've seen so much of his content because they also they chop bits of his episodes up and put it in your Saturday morning TV do, shows yeah. and stuff. So I've seen and aware all of it, but like generation thing, a lot of those shows are linked to when I was a certain age of and course. coming. And when you were rush getting into food. Yeah, you're impressionable yeah. and you're learning and it, you suddenly realise as you become an adult that food's really important and I yeah. did. So that's why I think some of those shows are the shows they are. Yeah. But uh, fascinating. It'd be like, that, that was one of the most fun ones to do personally, but it'd be fascinating knowing everyone else's lists yeah, because of their age and what they went through and what they watched. Yeah, you should send us messages of your favourite yeah, shows and great why. Idea. Yeah. Great idea. And only we've missed or not talked about because there's probably loads. Oh, there are, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, right, for next week, 
what have I got for you? Oh yeah, we've done something similar to this before, but I thought it'd be great to do it specifically with fish and seafood. Okay. So I want your top five fish or seafood dishes. Dishes, okay. That you so you know it could be the 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 main event, but what you do with it. So for example, if it was not that it necessarily would be, but if it was a prawn, but what you would do with the prawns, okay. sort of thing. That'd be great. Yeah, a bit like well, we, we did it with cut some meat. Cut some meat, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I want it with fish and All seafood. Right. Sound, yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Nice. Should have done top five pasta dishes. Yeah. Well, my next book after this is fish, so it'll start the juices flowing. Yeah, nice. <laughs> cool, we'll do that next week. Um, I don't think there's anything else. Remember to leave your ratings and reviews with us, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all those places. We will always read them out. And next week, we are still here next week. Yes. Uh, your holidays for a few weeks yet. Got a little bit more time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, And then October. next Friday, so Friday the, what is it? I should have should have prepped this in advance. Friday the 25th of August, we are at Big Festival. So if you are coming, please come and see us. We are on the exchange stage from 3 till 3.45, just doing our podcast. So, mm. you know, come and interact, listen to us chat and have a beer. Definitely. Uh, say yeah. hello. Um, should be a good crack. Yeah, really looking forward to that. So that's next Friday. Uh, in the meantime, have a great one wherever you're listening. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon. See you later. so much for downloading the nightcap podcast we appreciate the support and we'd love to know that you are enjoying the pod and now you can become a proud member of the nightcap podcast tribe along with our weekly catch-ups and up-and-coming series with more amazing guests we've created some bespoke nightcap podcast clothing which you can get online now we've teamed up with our friends at t-mill to create t-shirts and hoodies in various sizes colors and fits for both men and women yeah we chose t-mill for several reasons they make these clothes with 100 percent natural materials using organic materials that are better for the environment they use the sun and wind to power the production of these products plus they will send you your order in packaging made from plants not plastics and the best thing is they look great and they feel great you can just tell their quality so there's no knockoff merch here yeah it's as simple as this go to thenightcap.tmill.com that's thenightcap.tmill.com to order your nightcap podcast merch now